<laughs> rollerblades? <laughs> really? You had rollerblades? Yeah, at the beach in Florida one time, we were rollerblading down the, the boardwalk, and I wrecked that. That was worse than the scooter wreck. Yeah, you didn't break your leg, though, right? No, but it was super embarrassing. I was on fucking rollerblades. <laughs> <laughs> Proclaimed as the city of destiny, Tacoma has maintained itself as the city of grit. Tacoma kept its in-your-face artistry and individuality that sets it apart from anywhere else in the world. Our never-say-die attitude continues to this day. We are honored to bring to you those who live in Tacoma and its surrounding areas, whose contributions are what bring this city to life. The reputation is real. Welcome to the Grid City Podcast. Here are your hosts. Welcome to the Grit City Podcast. I am Justin. I'm Scott. And nobody else is here. Well, we've got Suzanne from the Point Defiant Zoo and Aquarium. You're back. I'm back. Thanks for having me. No worries, man. Super happy about this. And uh, I hope you're ready for some stupid questions. Oh, I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, everybody, thank you for listening. Jeff and Brogan are doing, well, like real life stuff. Because we, well, Scott, Scott's still recovering, and uh, it's just a nice afternoon hanging out at the bar. Yeah, it's nice to come drinking when you don't have to work. Yeah, because you broke your knee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we'll get to it in a second. But uh, seriously, everyone, thank you for listening to us. If you want to check out old episodes, if you want to check out the first time we had Suzanne on, it was, uh, you can go to gritcitypodcast.com, uh, or you can just uh, Google it. You don't know. No, I, I want to say it was episode 36, but I'm just pulling that number out of That was just butt. a random oh. number there. Yeah, but the only reason I know that is because I was looking at the analytics today. So, uh, oh, really? Yeah, I think so. But Ooh, I don't fancy. know that for sure. Yes, smart. Uh, you can also find us on social media. Just look for Grit City Podcast. And if you go to gritcitypodcast.com, you can find all of the links to the social media. Go give likes to Jeff, like all of the pictures that he takes on Instagram. And uh, yeah, if you want to give us a, any tips, anything that uh, maybe you want to promote or maybe you want to come on and talk about because you are weird and wonderful and from Tacoma or at least the surrounding areas. Uh, info at gritcitypodcast.com. You can also uh, just send us a message on Facebook, Twitter DM, Instagram DM. Most of the time we check those, sort of. Stay out of my DMs. Oh, okay. No, no sliding into kidding. those. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you just, you're so mean about it. <laughs> uh, also, patreon.com slash gritcitypodcast, where you can uh, help us uh, buy stuff and also get sweet shirts that you can only get there. The amazing Grit City Podcast shirt that is the Shroom Brothers logo. It's the big old octopus tentacle. That looks pretty badass. Yeah, stickers too. We get oh, yeah. all kinds of stickers. So. Yes, and it's that logo uh, made for us from uh, diecutstickers.com. Yeah. And uh, you can save 15% by just going to uh, doing an order and then doing Grit City 15. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good way to go about that. I like how you brought that up. That was pretty slick. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, you. Seamless. Snuck that right in there. <laughs> now, here's another thing. Before we get into anything with Suzanne, uh, I mentioned the octopus. Yeah. And Scott, you, this is an interesting story about safety and knowing about animals. Oh, this the, is an Australian one. Yeah, yeah. So okay. apparently there's a video going out there where these- Oh, she's these, nodding her head. There's these tourists who uh, decided that they wanted to handle an octopus- and, well, it, 
beautiful octopus. That's the thing that blew me away. Yeah. Is it's how, how neat looking that thing is. I didn't think it was a real thing. I was like, They're that gorgeous. thing is blue, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like like blue rings on it. And what kind of, you say like, it was a, do you, do you know, do you know the story? I know a little bit about it. Okay. But oh, I want to pull up the video. Did you see the video? I only saw a still shot. I did not see the entire video. Oh my goodness. The video is fantastic. So the guy has one, like mm-hmm. he's holding it, I guess by the head because oh, the tentacles okay. are like dangling down and his other buddy sticks out his arm and he's slapping it on his arm. Like, and he does it two or three times, right? And then, well, and so, come to find out the thing's poisonous. Sure. Like amazingly poisonous. Yeah, that's the thing about Australia. They have a lot of cool <laughs> animals and they have a lot of things that will kill you. Yeah. yeah, like everything will like chase after you. They have like I've seen the videos of the lizards that look like tiny like velociraptors or the, oh, yeah. the dilapidosaurus or whatever the hell of things. The spitting, <laughs> the spitting one from Jurassic Park, and mm-hmm. I'm like, no, all of these things are terrifying. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a terrifying place. It just even the most innocuous, innocent looking things in Australia will kill you. Yeah. Yeah, you watch this video, right? And you're like, oh, that's a cute octopus. Yeah, and they're like, oh, that. laughing about it, right? And then you read like how poisonous it is. And then you rewatch the video. And I was sweating. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> like, oh. And you know nothing bad happened to him, right? But it was still sketchy. Yeah. Well, and that's yeah. like, it's like one of those things that I feel that people should, if you're from around this area, should go to the zoo and learn about animals. Absolutely. Because if you're doing something like this, it's clear that you do not know what you're handling. Clearly. <laughs> and I mean, I, I guess at the first point of this should be, it's like, don't handle wildlife yes you know if you have a little bit of respect for wildlife you're probably not going to be picking it up and slapping your friends with it (laughs) probably not probably but you can participate in beach walks with the point to find zoo if you want so some weekends you can actually go out with a naturalist and they'll talk to you about what the wildlife is just down on like owens beach and here in puget sound and we have some pretty awesome stuff they will not slap you with it i promise (laughs) i mean that's a good thing to say especially now with the stuff in the news have you gone on these before then they always do them on weekends, and I'm always oh. working on weekends, so I have to go by myself. But I do know some naturalists, so I nice. can yeah, Perfect. go for that, a walk. That's super fun. You say naturalists, yeah. I just see hippies, like Birkenstocks, <laughs> I just running around like, look at the birds. Yeah, so what does a naturalist mean in the terms of uh, working with the zoo? Uh, so they're someone from our education department who we call them conservation engagement because they're working on engaging the community. Okay, and, okay. Um, so they would be people who are, they just know a lot about wildlife, and they know a lot about people, and... And so sometimes they'll take out groups of kids and sometimes it's just everybody and um, they, yeah, they just really know their stuff about uh, anything they might find out there. And they're also super excited about it, which really helps when that helps a lot Yeah, when you're looking at the stuff out there. So and like like you said, I mean, there is an amazing amount of uh, wildlife in Washington state and especially with like the sea life. There are so many different crazy things. I mean, there's a reason why. Every shirt will have an octopus on it and stuff like that. Yeah. And I remember uh, going out boating in, uh, in the sound underneath uh, the, uh, the uh, Narrows Bridge and my stepdad freaking me out saying that there's going to be octopus that just drops from the, <laughs> the, from the bridge and it's going to land on us. So I remember all that. But there's a lot of fun things out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Uh, you can get information uh, about the Point to Find Zoo and Aquarium at pdza.org, and you can get all sorts of information about some of the events that are coming up or some of the other fun ways, uh, things that you can do, like the memberships and all that stuff. I want to get some updates from you, though, now, because yeah. the zoo has gone over a transformation this year, and I think, like, the last time we talked... Uh, I'll be honest, I don't remember. It was at the boot to boot. <laughs> oh, I, that's right. Yeah. That's why you oh, don't yeah. remember. Yeah. That's true. I remember you being there, being I was. very happy, and yeah. you were on the podcast. Yeah. 
but I don't remember anything you we said. We documented it. I, yeah. yeah, yeah, we recorded. It's for a funny because we were talking about it last week. I think last week, sometime probably. Yeah, and and he's like, "Oh, she hasn't been in a long time." I was like, "She's on the boot to boot." It right? was only <laughs> for like, oh. like a minute, but still, yeah, I was there. Yeah, yeah. I, so I don't know if we talked about any of the updates to the zoo or anything, but I thought it'd be nice to do a, a refresher with you on. Yeah, there's been a lot of new stuff happening this summer was really exciting because well we have the new aquarium the pacific seas aquarium has opened so before i think when we talked it was still in progress being built okay and now we have the hammerhead sharks and the sea turtles and there's other cool stuff in there too that you can go look at so that whole thing has been a big draw but also this year we have had a baby explosion so (laughs) we had i mean some you know you can't count on every year all the animals reproducing but um, we have very endangered red wolves at point defiance and and so yeah yeah, i heard about this news uh, some months past but now is the time where you can actually see them yes so when they were first born for the first few weeks they just sort of hole up in the den with mom and you don't get to see them that much because she pops out now and then and just goes back to them but this time of year they are out and about and bouncing around and there are eight of them and yeah they're super cute uh, and then we also had an endangered Malayan taper born at the zoo, and that is very rare. There, are... what's a taper? What's a taper? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So a taper is hard to explain. <laughs> it is an animal that is. It looks like it should have hooves, but it actually sort of has feet like a rhinoceros. Whoa. It's distantly related to rhinos and horses, and they have sort of a longish nose that wiggles oh, around on the end. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. That's ringing a bell. Yes, yes. Now, are they big or are They're they- They're big. Okay. So it's weird because when you see them in pictures, there's usually no nothing for scale. So you think, oh, that's the size of a pig. They're that's what like I was thinking. They're 800 okay. pounds. Oh, my wow. God. Yeah. So the babies, though, are like watermelons with legs. Super cute. <laughs> so that little guy is going to be coming out on exhibit pretty soon, too. Uh, and then we also had born, this is like the joy and love of my life right now. We had a baby beaver born. Oh. And her name is Butternut. And <laughs> she is wonderful. And yes, highly recommend coming to to view all of these animals. Just lots going on. So, uh, like, like with an exhibit, like with the beaver exhibit, do they have an, a whole like habitat to build their own dams? How does that work? Yeah, so ours live behind the scenes. So when you come see them, you can either see them in the Wild Wonders Outdoor Theater program, or there'll be uh. scheduled encounters where they're going out on walks, or they're using the pool. That's like I refer to it as the animal playground, where like the animals go, <laughs> they play, and then they go to their houses in a different animal comes to use it that's how i explain it to kids because oh, okay. that's what yeah. a playground yeah. is to a kid you use it for a while you go home some other kids are there that makes sense yeah uh, so we have one of those for the animals a playground um so you can see the beavers there but yeah in their house they do have they have a pond and they have or at least a couple of pools actually and they have we give them lots of logs and sticks and they are very good at interior decorating <laughs> they so have all the uh, beaver feng shui yes they do and there's a special beaver feng shui because when i clean in the morning and i move things around then when i'm done they're like oh that person was here again and they have to move things back and it's not even back in the same spot but they just have to arrange it has things. to be them doing it yes. not you yes very particular mm-hmm. that yeah. is fantastic i love that and uh, how okay uh, how long have you been working for uh the zoo now i've been full-time for close to five years but before that between my temping and volunteering i've been there for like 17 years wow. so long wow. time yeah have but- there been a lot of uh like uh, uh you said it doesn't happen that often or like it's not all the time but have there been frequent like baby 
explosions like this or is this kind it of like a, an anomaly? Happen. Yeah, it doesn't usually happen all at once. No, uh, usually we would have, um, we've had other exciting births. Like um, we've been very successful in breeding clouded leopards, which are a highly endangered species wow. of Southeast Asian cat. Uh, and then we've had some Sumatran tigers born, also highly endangered. But we've never really had quite the convergence of like all these babies <laughs> at all the same time. So it's a it's a fun time. That's got to be a pretty, uh, pretty big draw at that point then too. It is. Yeah. And people are always wanting to know when can we see them and when, yeah, when's the best time. And we also are, have been um, in the news recently for not baby animals, but some new acquisitions. We got some pouched rats from Tanzania. You were mentioning before this that these are the ones that hunt landmines. Yes, they are amazing. So there's an organization in Tanzania called Apopo, and they figured out that they can train these rats because they have such a good sense of smell to detect TNT. And that means that the rats can then find landmines that are hidden underground. So in places where there have been wars and battles, but even though the wars are over, there still are battlefields that are just strewn with all kinds of shrapnel and landmines, whatever. So they're not safe for those communities for people to grow crops or build yeah. their houses or whatever. They're they trying, can't use that. Yeah, they're trying to live and they don't even realize that these are here. And right. then all of a sudden they're farming the land in Kaboom. Yeah, exactly. Damn. So... Um, there are places like that all over the world, and Apopo has trained these teams of rats to go out, and they will alert their trainer, their handler, to where the landmines are so someone else can safely go in and defuse the landmine. Wow. And then a person doesn't have to risk their life to do it. Mm-hmm. The rats are too small and light to accidentally set off a landmine. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. So they have they have cleared, I think, one over 100,000 landmines across the world. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's just incredible. Wow. Yeah. That is that is amazing. That I how do how do you figure out that like the like the rat is useful for this? It's just like observing it. Like they're not going around this area or like <laughs> yeah, I don't even who know who had that very first idea. Or how can you like even look at training a rat? I mean, you've trained animals, correct? Oh yeah. So you know how to go about it. Would what do you have? Would you have a a sort of way to do that? Would it be treat based? Because I tried to do yeah. it with the cats, and eh, I mean, a cat's a cat. They're, yeah. They'll do whatever the heck they want. But usually the trees can get them to do certain things. Would it just be like that? Similar. So, yeah, the rats uh, would be rewarded with usually mashed banana in Tanzania because that's something they have readily available. They really love fruit. And then so the rats will do their behavior and then they'll get a little bit of banana for working. And that's pretty much how you can get anyone or any species to do anything is find what they want. And oftentimes that's a treat. (laughs) But find what they want or what's very reinforcing for them and give it to them when they're doing something pretty close to what you want them to do. So at first the rats are trained just to um, they're kind of like little tea infuser eggs and there's tnt so they're trained to like scratch Ah. at it to show hey if i if i'm scratching at this i get treats for doing it so every time they smell tnt then they're like oh i gotta scratch at that someone's someone's gonna give me some treats for this i really Mm -hmm. like it and then eventually the trainers start throwing in other pieces of metal that don't have tnt so that the rat ignores all other metal but only alerts to TNT. And that makes sure then that the rat is not accidentally alerting to all of the other uh, 
um, pieces of metal that might be in a in a minefield because that's what makes them so much faster at finding the landmines than like a person with a metal detector could do it. Yeah. But they're super slow because they have to stop at every single piece of metal and treat it like it's going to kill them. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. So it takes forever. But the rats then can tell the difference. Is this dangerous? Is it not? And they only point at the dangerous ones. And then it's wow. completely safe way faster. So, yeah, it's incredible. Damn it, Carl. Okay, hold on a second. Uh, so, so, as we're getting here, speaking Carl. of cats, let this cat, that is not yours. He's feeling so reinforced. Oh, my goodness. Dude, his head was all the way in that bag. Okay, <laughs> we'll explain this in a second. Let me save it. That's not yours, buddy. No, no, they're not yours. Well, oh. I mean, maybe one of them. Maybe one. Could be, okay, he can have a. Compromise there we buddy. go. Here, you get this one. Here. This is some good podcasting. Everybody out there is in suspense. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So that was my cat. We are recording in my house in the bar. And you brought something very very interesting for him. Uh, Some feathers in a bag. He, uh, as you were explaining all that, by the way, congratulations. You got through all of that while this whole, like, chaos was happening. Yeah, there's some shenanigans happening happening here. Uh, So you brought in some feathers and we were going to get to them a little bit later, but well, since now the uh, the cat decided that there was priority number one, and now he has one. Uh, uh, cat tax, unfortunately, on that. <laughs> what did you end up bringing? So I brought a couple of souvenirs for you guys. I brought some owl feathers and some macaw feathers, and they were especially for Brogan because I know his daughter just loves animals. And last time I was on, I had brought some porcupine quills, and they were uh, she was really thrilled about them. So uh, Carl's really Carl's interested. The feathers the- are just an amazing toy. I don't know how he's supposed to resist these yeah but they guy. are um yeah from a green wing macaw and an eagle owl there are just a few feathers here and wow. fascinated by so, them so yes uh we may uh, be passing on to uh brogan's daughter some um slobbery uh feathers yes we're hiding them now carl you get the one over there that's out all you sight, get out of mind carl man he locked up on him too did you <laughs> see him too. he's like what are these yeah. man his head went in the Best bag he was toy all ever yeah. and, and so these are feathers from the animals at the zoo they are so birds Neat. will yeah they will molt at certain times of year and their feathers will drop out and then they grow new ones just the same as our hairs drop out and we grow new ones so yeah now is there a way for people to get those if they come to the zoo? No. Okay, I just want to make sure so people wouldn't just come up and ask for feathers right. or anything along those lines. But if you do find some peacock feathers, because certain times of year the peacocks will drop their tail feathers, you can, if you're in the right place at the right time, find some very beautiful feathers. Yeah. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So that's super fun. I was just, yeah. Oh, now, now he has no interest in them. Now he's all mad because you hit him. <laughs> uh, moving on from that, one of the things that you do and we've talked about is the Drinking for Conservation events. Yeah. And they're semi-monthly every once in yeah, a while. Yeah, they're monthly. Oh, they are, yeah. they are straight mm-hmm. up monthly. Okay. Yeah. And you do them for different uh, reasons, usually for specific animals. Mm-hmm. Do they go to a specific charity or how does it work uh, when you're doing these Drinking for Conservation events? So they get donated to actually technically the zookeepers organization at Point oh. Defiance, which is what Point Defiance has. Um, our zookeepers love conservation so much that we just do it in our free time too. So <laughs> we can, um, we so we have an association that the zookeepers just volunteer to do stuff and one of the committees is drinking for conservation and it's my favorite committee and so they (laughs) any of these bars when they make the donations they do technically write the check out to the zookeepers organization and then we are donating all of it directly to whichever organization it is that we've chosen for the month oh nice okay yeah it does all go directly to the endangered species and uh usually you'll have a theme or
or at least yes. an animal. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the events coming up that you have now? This is this is going out uh, in mid-August, so anytime okay. after that. Perfect. So this might be right on time for our next one at Brewer's Row then, because that's on the 21st of August, mm-hmm. and we are having pints and more for painted dogs. So the painted dog is that wild dog from Africa. They have weird spots and the big okay. ears, and yeah. they're really cool. So we're going to donate to an organization in Africa to help them out, and Brewer's Row is being so generous to us. On the 21st of August, they're donating 20% of their food and drink all day. Wow. So my recommendation is start with their breakfast burritos <laughs> early in the morning and just stay there all day. Yeah, just hang out. Yeah. Do breakfast, brunch, lunch, dinner, margaritas after dinner. Yeah, that sounds about perfect for that. Yeah. And like 20%, that is, that's amazing. I know. They're being really generous. So I'm trying to drive as many people there as possible for their sake and for the painted dogs, of course. So that's our August event. Mm-hmm. And we have coming up in September then at Peaks and Pints. Um, Peaks and Pints is doing Sippin' for Salmon, and that is on the 17th of September. I believe it's Wednesday. And, uh, yeah, everything there, let's see, will be 50 cents for every beverage purchase will go towards salmon conservation. That's that's super cool. Yeah. And that's, like, one of those things that people don't realize that... Uh, like the salmon, like it's very important for the conservation thing with them because it, there's there's been some stuff recently that have kind yeah. of slowed down their 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 spawning and all of that and mm-hmm. going on with that. So this is like it's one of those where if you enjoy having salmon and keeping salmon around, you need to kind of go and drink. Right? Yeah, you got to <laughs> drink. I mean, and it's true. Salmon might not be inherently the most charismatic of all animals, but if you like eating salmon and if you like things like, say, orcas, right? then you need to preserve the salmon. And orcas are very charismatic, but you have to do your due diligence, I guess, and sometimes start farther down the food chain to be able to save those animals that people oftentimes connect with more. And I guess that's one of the things you don't really realize, like like the whole food chain thing. Like It takes certain smaller creatures to help everyone everything including us i mean we're at the base still animals and we're still part of the food chain whether or not we're at the top i don't know (laughs) i don't know how that works i guess maybe depending on where you're located like if you're riding a bike and a mountain lion chases you down I mean, then you're not, then you're not. not, Yeah, definitely not on those one that ends. So people can check that out. It's available on the website, too. Uh, Yeah, it'll be available. You can usually see. Well, you can always see our most current event on um, our Facebook page, Drinking for Conservation. And if you like the Facebook page, then you'll just get the monthly update of where we'll be in Tacoma and what animal we'll be drinking for. And you can also look at the zoo's events calendar will be on there. And we're really excited. Also, I mean, we're excited about all of them, but uh, (laughs) October coming up is um odd otter we just had a meeting with them so the 24th of october we're gonna celebrate for sea turtles oh nice yeah so we're really excited about that and that day then you'll um 10 of their beverages will be donated to sea turtles but they also are going to choose one beer for the entire month of october where 10 percent will get donated to sea turtles so if uh, any day in october or perhaps every day if you'd like <laughs> you can stop in at odd otter and order that beer and then 10 percent will go towards sea turtles for an entire month so 
we are really excited about that partnership. Yeah, so. that's amazing. Yeah. I just love the fact that like the zoo and aquarium are you're doing stuff to incorporate local businesses and conservation. Like it's just like it's a really good one two punch when it comes down to helping out everybody. Uh, yeah, it's true. It gives you, you lots of warm fuzzies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you get to drink. One another thing I want to bring up, you did bring up you talked about the events page and I was looking at the events page and like there was a couple of things I didn't even realize that um you, that is really cool that the the zoo does. Um some of them first off, um you have like free days and mm-hmm. of various things. There are for seniors and people with disabilities, yeah. which is pretty amazing. But if you're a Tacoma resident, you can get in free on certain days. Yeah. It's sort of our way of giving back to the community because we've gotten uh, bonds passed and there's a certain amount of the taxes, like sales tax from Tacoma, the city of Tacoma that gets donated to the zoo. And we feel like if people are voting to give money to the zoo, on, then That's we amazing. should be able to yeah give a little back. And so, yeah, we'll have free days every now and then. You can definitely check for those on the website and come on and see us. Yeah, that's really cool. And I mean, if you're a Tacoma resident and you have an ID, boom, you just get in. And I mean, I mean, you should be going anyway, but I mean, free is free. Free like, free. So it, it really helps out with that. Another one I thought was super cool was the end of summer blast. Yeah. Like, you got to tell me about this. So it, like on it, it just it's August 31st through the September 2nd. Animals, ice and loads of fun. Yes. So when we do those special weekend events, oftentimes what happens is we'll do some special enrichments and enrichments is anytime an animal gets something that's novel or unusual to play with or to eat or, um, and we do that for all the animals all year round anyway. Mm -hmm. But if we choose say the end of summer blast one, we'll choose ice and then all the departments get to decide what fun thing can we do giving ice to the animals. So, uh, like maybe, um, they want to build a big pile of ice for the muskox to like, you know, <laughs> shove around with their horns or cool. maybe they want nice. to freeze uh, blood popsicles for the tigers. That's horrifying. I know it is horrifying. <laughs> blood popsicles. Delicious. But yeah. How else uh, are you going to get it? I mean, yeah. like you got to entice a tiger. You need to right. know what they want. Yeah. And that's probably pretty enticing. So yeah, float, right? float some big blood popsicles around in the pool. Maybe they'll jump on in. So uh, the zookeepers try and think of fun things like that that they could do with an enrichment item. And then there'll be those scheduled events so people who are coming to the zoo during those times can go and view the animals maybe or interacting with stuff or maybe not depending on what they want to do it's so much fun like yeah. all, like all the things that i mean it shows that a i mean obviously it's it's a zoo they care you guys care about the animals um but you also want to have fun and yeah. you want to bring people in to show them that the animals are having fun as well and I, I just think that's fantastic. Yeah, it's part of how we take care of them. We got to make sure they're mentally stimulated, physically stimulated. So part of that is really fun. And that's part of my mantra, too. Conservation is fun. So, yeah, <laughs> then, it, yeah, it's fun being a zookeeper. It's fun coming to the zoo. And we try to we try to add in a little fun. But it's also scientific evidence shows that giving the animals new and interesting things to eat or to play with or even just to look at or smell depending on how the animal experiences the world all that is really good for their welfare too so it's part of how we take care of them I love it I love it so much Um, again you guys can check out stuff at pdza.org we're going to take a bit of a break I I need to check on a mac and cheese so I don't Mm. burn down the house and (laughs) also we're going to come back with some coaster questions which are questions 
written for you specifically by drunk people at bars. Woohoo! And then beyond that, there's some other odds and ends that I want to talk about. So we'll be back in just a minute. One of our great sponsors is the Union Club in Tacoma. This is the co-working space down here that has all levels of membership from the cafe membership all the way up to a private office, events and happenings. And if you wanted to host an event at the Union Club, they have a great hall that is semi-private, 2,400 square feet, wet bar and small deck and fits 200 people standing. Pricing for members are always cheaper and to become a member, all you have to do is go to www www.unionclubtacoma.com All right, Carl. You got to wait. Carl's back. You got to wait a half hour, bro. Then you'll get food. So you talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Frank came over to check it out and then he changed his mind. Yeah. Oh. He's he, he's the skittish one. Carl will just go up and steal all your feathers. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't break anything. He's going to go after some sloth cookies next. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you brought sloth cookies. What are up with those? Yeah, so cool. you live only 10 minutes away from a Cost Plus World Market, oh, which is no. a fantastic place. And one of my guilty pleasures is going into Cost Plus World Market, buying almost nothing or sometimes nothing, and still drinking like three of the little sample cups of coffee that they have <laughs> and i don't hold my caffeine real well so then i'll be like super caffeine buzz yeah. from like the tiny little sample thing it's i yeah i probably shouldn't do that but every now and then well thank you for the gift you're welcome super appreciate that yeah. and carl appreciates the feather that you got him yes even though you're welcome carl and seriously thank you for hiding the rest of those he's still looking he's, for him. yeah oh yeah he's wondering <laughs> okay so we've got coaster questions and like we mentioned before this started with the uh which when is flat earth flat earth yeah yeah mark Sargent with the flat earth and it came about because we didn't necessarily know what to ask him so we decided the best way to get the questions that maybe we couldn't ask were to get drunk people to write those questions down on a, the back of a coaster. That is an excellent deflective tactic. Yes. Yeah. We're going to be doing more of these, just so. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Okay. exactly. We have a whole plan. Hopefully, we're going to uh, be partnering with uh, diecutstickers.com uh, oh. in order to make some of that happen in the future. But if you see that we're going to have someone on, or if you have an old guest that you maybe want to ask questions of, you, info at gridcitypodcast.com or post on our Facebook page a picture of a coaster that you wrote a question on, and it'll give us more inclination to actually bring back somebody for the podcast. Right. So we do have some from you or for you, and this came from Brogan. He was at a bar, and so... I don't know about some of these. No, you got to do it. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm glad I, I don't these. have to. I'm yeah, glad right? it's you. <laughs> um, we'll, okay, we're going to start off with the hard one here. Okay. All things being equal, who would win in a fight between a monkey and a shark? <laughs> Wait, so, well, I think yeah. that it's uh, probably proof that a drunk person wrote this to start it off with all <laughs> things being equal because... yeah. How would all things be equal? <laughs> well, that's my question. Yeah, okay. So, um, first thing is this in water or that land? That was my next right? question. That's the first okay. thing. Okay. Whose so, home court are we on? Right. So, say we are in the ocean. Okay. So, shark versus monkey. Uh, say the monkey decided <laughs> that it it saw the shark kill. Dude, I live for questions like these. <laughs> the shark killed its uncle. Mm. He's going out for revenge. Okay. Um. I guess it would have to depend on what kind of monkey, too, right? It would have to depend on what kind of monkey. And 
I love this type of question, even though it seems like I should not love this type of question. <laughs> but I do because it is goes along with our theme of being fun because you kind of want to think about this kind of thing. And you right. do learn along the way because you can think about, well, what would a monkey be doing in the water? Like, Are any of them good at swimming? Well, yeah. now I got to go look that up. Yeah, right. And, yeah, so you learn along the way. Uh, but I feel like if we're talking in the water a shark is going to have the advantage, but it also depends what kind of shark. Because ima imagine oh, yeah. the shark that you immediately ma imagine is probably all like teeth and vicious looking. But there are a lot of sharks that are just like nurse sharks. They just kind of hang out the bottom of the ocean and dink around. They don't really... I don't think they should call those sharks. They should have a different name for those. <laughs> so the ones that are just like nice. Yeah, like sharks, the not sharks, sharks are monsters, and period. And some sharks are really small. So, like, really small sharks? I mean, even if they're in the water, though, a monkey's probably not going to do very well against a shark. So, probably but the bigger types of monkeys are, like, um, mandrels and, like, the baboons. Those guys are technically monkeys, and okay. those things will mess you up. And there's a difference because, I mean, when you're talking between monkeys and apes, or yeah. is it primates, or yeah, are they all primates? Yeah, monkeys and apes. They're okay. all primates. Okay, okay. Humans included. Uh, and oh, yeah. so apes, g the general rule is apes do not have tails and monkeys do have tails. Okay. But there are a few exceptions being the larger ones, the uh, baboons and mandrels are, wait, one mandrels maybe do have tails. Anyway, there are a couple <laughs> of exceptions um, to whether they're apes or monkeys. But for like general rule of thumb. Yeah. So a baboon versus a nurse shark, you might give it to the baboon. Yeah, and but still also might depend on how like deep the water is because I don't know that the baboon's going to be able to do much against the shark if it's going to have to be swimming at the same time. So yep. it'd have to be smart enough to know to like I love grab this. the shark <laughs> or something. But they are pretty smart. Have you have you ever had conversations like this? <laughs> like just like in the back with all of your fellow yeah. zoologist friends? Yes. Oh, my God, okay, we do okay, it all okay. the time. Okay, yeah. because I just didn't want it to be too too weird. No, you're not off base at all. We have weird conversations like this um, <laughs> I'm pretty much on a regular basis. And we go a little bit sometimes more into the macabre. Even we'll be like, how right. difficult would it be for some of our animals to kill us? Like, oh, the, goodness. Like, well, we think... go real dark real fast. But... but because our animals are so small in my department, then it, <laughs> the answers are hilarious because it's like, how could this particular hedgehog, like, what would a hedgehog have to even do to me? Yeah. I was thinking of the baby baby beaver immediately. I oh, was yeah, like, man, to be killed by a beaver would be just terrible. <laughs> or like the tortoise. Like you'd have to be already paralyzed and like completely immobile for the tortoise to ever kill you. Uh, I thought the last question was interesting. Here comes the next one. Okay. If you had to eat a platypus, <laughs> where on its body would you start? Oh. <clears throat> if I had to eat a platypus, what what does my life people. come to? Yeah, right? You're it might be island. delicious. Does you're, you're an island eat with only platypus? can you breed platypus? Platypi? Um, I, I believe that <laughs> Australia does not let pl platypuses outside of Australia. Like other zoos are not allowed to have them. So if I were, so are they even real? Has anybody even they studied these? Real. Oh yeah. <laughs> are you <laughs> sure this is not like one? <laughs> have you actually seen one? Are you I've sure this isn't like an Australia? See, this is this is a total um, like troll by Australia. They're like we're going to tell them we have this beaver thing. It. We're like, oh no, we don't let anybody see that Fools. outside of our country. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. yeah. And it's just—it's a beaver with right. a duck bill actually just stapled 
to it. We do like, the same oh, thing with Bigfoot. Everybody in Washington knows Bigfoot's real. We just don't allow it anywhere. Yeah, we just. I feel like Bigfoot would taste better than a platypus. Platypus actually are really small compared to. They're another animal that you don't see with scale very often. There's nothing in the picture for scale. They're not very big, so I feel like. And you're not going to want to eat the the bill part of it. I no, mean, right? Or, the, or even the head. The head eating the head of anything is probably gross. It's pretty nasty. I, I, I don't know. You might just have to go for a, like a, a leg. All right. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a head eater. Thinking about that, just because like Brogan does it, the crawdads and crayfish. Oh right? man, and yeah, that's not a not thing a for fan. me. No, yeah. I go yeah, to the does, party. Yeah, but. he does the boils, and I'll eat. I'll eat the potatoes, <laughs> and I'll eat the, the corn. corn, and I will not touch the mud bugs because I. It's just the whole popping the head off, sucking whatever out, and then mm-hmm. just casually discarding this insect from the sea. Yeah, the I'm insect part, probably. Kind of like cool with not worrying about that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. see that. But any heads, like, do you think any other animal heads you eat? Like some, cow tongue, I've had cow tongue. Uh, some cultures eat the fish heads when yeah, they cook fish. Fish heads, I think. Yeah. yeah, but I'm not a yeah. big fan. But I, w- I don't like the eyeball looking. It's yeah. like pop. No. Who wants that? <laughs> no. It just it reminds me of tapioca because oh. my oh. my grandpa was an asshole. And he, and he said would fish say, eyes. Yeah, you yeah. said they were fish eyes. That's, an, that's mm. a good grandpa right there. I think it was to get me not to eat his tapioca. Damn, but skip that really didn't stop me. I just tried not to think about it so mm-hmm. much. Yeah, so I'm definitely not a head eater. Just saying. Yeah. All right yeah. then, yeah. it's good to know. I've decided. Okay, so I won't have any of that at my old barbecues <laughs> then. Don't worry. Please about don't. That. Uh, last question: If you had to count on one animal to help you survive in a zombie apocalypse, which animal would you choose? And why? Oh, that's such a good question. Uh, and also, I've thought about this probably more than your average person because <laughs> yeah. in a zombie apocalypse, I feel like the zoo is going to be a pretty good place to be. Really? In a yeah, in a zombie apocalypse, because there's a perimeter <laughs> fence. That you could oh. defend, probably, if you had to. Solid, yeah. There's things like uh, we have an animal health care building, so there's sort of a clinic when you're and watching movies, quarantine. You wouldn't even think of that. When a huh? guy gets shot, he doesn't go to the doctor. He vet. goes to his vet friend. Yeah, yeah. Plus, so we'd have a veterinarian there. Yeah, and you have all those animals, like the tigers, the scary ones that you could put out, and, out as like yeah. a perimeter fence. Yeah, I don't, and people, I don't people who know how to yeah. train the animals. Okay, yeah, that's Boom. exactly there, what you need. What you you can't need. just be a person walking into the zoo and be like, hey, tiger, do this, because you're just going to be food. Whatever. I'd figure it out. You would figure it out? Yeah, would figure it out. That's part of your zombie apocalypse plan? Yep. Well, most people say- Well, it is now. Yeah. Yeah. You you just told everybody. (laughs) Most people go, I'm going to go to Walmart, or I'm going to go to Safe and Costco. Yeah, I've never heard of the zoo before. That's smart. Uh, Yeah, the zoo is- the zoo good. is smarter. Yeah. There's yeah. Pro- and there's animals to eat there, because I'm sure yeah, you sure eat those of, animals. Some of them are going to be delicious, dude. There's no <laughs> I, doubt about it. We also would have staff there who would understand how to say if we wanted to eat mice or like quail or whatever we needed to raise some chickens. We have people who would know how to raise and breed and feed those kinds uh, of animals. These are all so we'd have a people. supply. So I do feel yep. like there, and we would have the space to be able to do it. We could like dedicate some of the exhibits to like this is where we keep our chickens. Now yeah. we've got eggs. And, wow! They, can, you know. they got all the people to raise them and everything mm-hmm. there. They could they got the bug people and the vegetable people probably fish. too. These you are the people, fish. and these are the people that you want to rebuild society anyway. So this <laughs> kind of makes sense. So yeah. so going okay. back to the question though, which yeah. animal do you think would be best suited for a zombie apocalypse? 
best suited. You know, I, you always hear about how cockroaches are really well suited. Like they'll just live through anything. So I think we might accidentally just end up with cockroaches to help us out. <laughs> and I don't think that they would be very useful. I feel like okay, they I was would like, be. Are, are you talking about training a cockroach? And well, how you the hell can would... train cockroaches. Get Absolutely. Out. Totally. What? Some, we've got some interns doing it right now in our department. <laughs> yeah. Is can... that what you start at with the cockroaches? You're an intern. You, you get cockroaches. Raise these no. cockroaches. <laughs> it's, it's investigating an interesting question about bugs because a lot of people don't uh, understand too much about bug cognition and behavior. So mm-hmm. we're Absolutely. just trying to see, can the cockroaches be trained? Because wow. theoretically, anything that has a nervous system, you should be able to reward it for something. So even if you're not giving it food. But cockroaches love like sugar. So like a little dab of vanilla extract or oh. honey or something, you should be able to get them to do something. You guys are creating super cockroaches and I want no part of this. But- <laughs> Sentient <laughs> no. cockroaches. No. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. In any case, I would not choose the cockroaches <laughs> on purpose. I just am afraid that I might end up with only cockroaches, depending on the type of apocalypse that we have, because they might be <laughs> the only ones that actually survive. Dude, if you could get a cockroach as, like, as big as a pit bull, I would have that as a pet, because I bet it'd be just ferocious. Uh, as right? big as a pit bull? Ooh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if they're really that ferocious, because sure we're be, looking right? at the size difference. It's a cockroach. I'm sure when yeah, I eat things. Yeah, but like, right? they run away from light. Oh, that's yeah. true. Like, it's not, like, they don't they know each how other, big they right? are. I don't know. Oh. Do they eat each other? Uh, I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> uh, they'll eat just about anything. But it depends on the type of cockroach, too. Oh, Actually, so there's, like, out of all <laughs> the different types of cockroaches, there's only, like, 30 out of 3,000 that even come close to people. And most types of cockroaches live just way out in the Amazon and nobody ever, they're very important for their ecosystem and they never encounter people. And it's, we give the bad reputation to the like 1% of all cockroach species that end up in our houses. The yeah. one percenters. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's right. Cockroaches. Living in our houses. Dumb cockroaches. Eating our food. <laughs> they're so gross, <laughs> they too, are, man. They are, they are oh. nasty. Uh, I remember the only time I've ever had a cockroach in the apartment, I was living with Brogan, we were bachelors at like <laughs> under 21. That's all you so had to you say, can, dude. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. It's like we, we burnt uh, grits playing video games because we forgot about <laughs> oh. them. This is how bad it was. But yeah, they're just itty bitty ones. Didn't really worry about them that yeah. much. They yeah. Don't, they, yeah are not really uh, detrimental to people. They're really good. And there's actually some really cool things about cockroaches. I, they, Your cockroach actually, if it was the size of a pit bull, would probably run like 200 miles an hour. See, I mean, that'd be cool. It would be a badass pet. Dude, put a, put a skate, grab a skateboard and just ha- have that pull you around. Well, maybe well, I yeah, start- a little <laughs> Yeah, it would be super strong. Or something like that. You could have like a dog sled with cockroaches. Well, that's where I started with this theory is I was like cockroach a cockroach I could ride on. And then I know yeah. that was too big. And then I went but pit bull size would be cool, you. right? Yeah. So. And just a team of cockroaches could pull you around town. This is like someone's like post apocalyptic fanfic. We're just writing for we them are. right now oh yeah someone's <laughs> gonna have to write this i love it i love it it's just oh yeah this is part of just a normal conversation too. what Don't about you man it. what um animal would yeah. you have in what a- animal would i have in the apocalypse <sighs> see i was just thinking going along the lines of like uh dog slash wolf or something mm-hmm. along those lines they seem to be the ones that a can can carry you can like outfit it with a pack and right. well, most of them, I mean, I don't want to like a chihuahua uh, yeah. or something like that. It'd just be useless. <laughs> like a purse <laughs> dog. Just be food. <laughs> it, would, it would wake you up if something came, though. It would bark. Probably. Right? Yeah. yeah. See, and defense, too. Dog. Yeah. Something yeah. along those lines. Like, I mean, like in like the big like uh, romanticizing animals and how they would not eat you sort of thing. Yeah. Like a tiger or like a bear. Mm-hmm. Like if I could befriend a bear and just have like my friend <laughs> yeah. bear who will also destroy people who mess with me. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, you'd get be some armor on that bear. bear writer. Yeah, <laughs> I would totally write. I, 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 I wouldn't ride a bear. I cried when I got put on a horse when I was like five. Aww. So I don't think I would ride any animal. But I would definitely try to get a friend bear. Yeah, in Fantasyland, I feel like there are a lot of different options for what <laughs> your animal companion could be in the post-apocalyptic world. But I think that perhaps in the real world, maybe a raven might be useful. Ooh. Dude. Because ravens are so smart, and they would live a long time. They can live to be like 25 or 30, so you, you could, could start training it. Yeah, you could have it a long time, and you'd have plenty of time for it to uh, yeah, learn from you what you want it to do. And then it would be useful for... It could keep learning through its whole life, too. Mm-hmm. So maybe not so useful for the defense part, but I would run, probably, if ravens were attacking my face. I didn't. Oh, yeah. They'd pick your eyeballs out. You wouldn't have yeah. to worry. They could fly, too. It wouldn't be yeah, weird, like, yeah, a yeah, dog exactly. or anything. Um, are there differences between ravens and crows? Yeah. So crows, okay. they're, they're closely related, and they're hard to tell apart if you're just looking at one. But oftentimes... If you see, well, almost always, if you see a big group, mm-hmm. you, it's crows. Crows are a little bit smaller, and they're a little sleeker looking. Okay. Ravens are bigger. They look a little bit shaggier. They do make somewhat different noises. And the area that we live in, more of our urban areas and suburban areas, too, we've just got crows. But if you go a little bit farther out into the wilderness and you just see one single blackbird and it's calling or just hopping around, it's oftentimes a raven. Okay. And so if you are out on a hike or, or somewhere um, farther away from civilization, especially here in Washington, you can you can see ravens. There's some ravens that live out in Point Defiance Park, actually. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I ask because we have crows around here. Yeah. And if you've heard the story, you like the they do the same thing. They have uh, facial recognition. Oh yeah. And they do learn. And we have crow friends. We call them cronies. Yay! And uh, it's great because it started because the wife. Uh, she wanted to have crow friends, and it was because of the story of the and girl in Washington it. who were who was feeding the crows, and then they would bring her things. Yes, and so we've been doing that. And we've been feeding the crows, and they they tolerate me, but they actually do really like her at this point. And we get that little group of them, and I can't confirm this <laughs> or not, but somehow magically, some Apple AirPods did show up in our backyard. <laughs> like nice. they were dropped off by something. Uh, we checked with the neighbors, and they weren't the neighbors, so we don't know how they got here. It wasn't like I'm, in a package, like an Amazon drone say, or anything. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was present for sure. Yeah, and that's and we found some other random things that would be like they're shiny, and most of the time they're just whatever dumb trinkets. But it's like no, they're cool with us, and yeah. all I want them to do is stop pooping on my car and so far that's mostly working at this point but uh beyond that it's fun to be able to see that sort of thing though because like in the city you can like interact with our urban wildlife in in what can be a positive way yeah and crow's intelligence blows my mind a lot of the research that was done on crows was done on uh the crow population at the uw Actually, so there's oh, some, really? yeah, there's some, a very prominent corvid is the group of like mm-hmm. ravens and crows, a very prominent corvid researcher who, uh, yeah, works out of the UW. And so they did some really interesting studies on facial recognition and that the crows are smart enough to tell each other too. So if you're nice to one crow, that crow can tell its crow friends, hey, that yeah. guy's nice. Yeah. And that crow never has to even see you. And I can't. I can't understand. How do you even describe 
to your person that you like how would I even describe to Scott what my mom looks like he would never recognize my mom on the street because I gave a description no but the crows would know somehow they can tell their crow friends hey this one's good the crow knows don't don't attack that guy He brings us presents. Yeah, Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, we'll leave. We'll leave some uh, like nuts out on on our little uh, like our our little burn area and uh, some random things like that. Uh, We would we're trying to feed other birds, but the squirrels here are rat bastards. Uh, (laughs) They are giant pains in the butt, and it's not so much that they're taking over like the the bird feed and stuff like that, but it's that they're sloppy. They're sloppy. And that brings the rats. So we had to stop yeah. feeding the other birds, but yeah. we can still do Fair the enough. crows. Yeah. Fair enough. So uh, some of the urban wildlife is better than others. On yeah. There are certain ways of interacting with urban wildlife. Yeah. But <laughs> I hope your crow friends continue to bring you more presents. That right. Makes me I happy. know. Well, that was one of them. They're talking about like they're like leaving them like $20, like dropped them off 20 bucks. I'm like, if I can get a crow to bring me money, that is fantastic. Yeah. Or at least so as long as they're just not messing with me. I'm kind of happy with that. also a researcher who built a machine that when you put a peanut in it, or when you put a coin in it, would give a peanut out. And the crows learned to put coins. So he did get the crows to bring him money because they wanted peanuts. Yeah. And so they learned, hey, these shiny little coins, you put them in here and peanuts come out. Dude, you got to do that. Yeah. We need to do that. You could start up a collection. Yeah. Oh, this would be amazing. We need to talk to that guy. Get him him out here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We need to like go go over to Fab Lab or something like that and make a quarters. Yeah. Make a. Make a peanut vending machine for crows. Uh, what do you do for a living, dude? I shake down crows for quarters, man. I have an army of crows that goes out and collects money for me. Oh, uh, Suzanne, I love it so much. You are with the Point Defiant Zoo and Aquarium, pdza.org. Can people see you at the zoo? Like, or yeah. are you behind the scenes? I am often behind the scenes, but I also am out and about on zoo grounds for unscheduled encounters. So you may just see me at the right place at the right time. Fun. And then. I work for the Wild Wonders Outdoor Theater Department, and we have, this time of year, shows at 12 and 3.30, and I may be one of the people out on stage acting during that, or I might be one of the people who's bringing animals uh, out on stage for it. So Those are super to cool, too, They're I have really to say. Fun. Those, are, those are like the highlight of going to the zoo, really. Yes. It really is. Because, <laughs> I'm glad you think so. Well, it's, they, they one of, it's one of those things you get to see some of the animals uh, more up close and personal at that point. Yeah. And do you have a favorite uh, besides the baby beaver, <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard to choose a favorite. They won't listen. It's I know. Yeah, they, they're they never going to hear, hear this. this. Yeah, they don't download podcasts. <laughs> they won't know. Uh, it's so hard to know. Um, I like about our show that we can trade out what animals are in it. So we have like the skeleton script and story, and we can choose different animals to like plug into spots. So oh, that's it's never perfect. the same show. That's so it'll really be like, cool. Today, I feel like I should have the sloth come out, and then the next day, I can be like, oh, I kind of want the clouded leopard neat. to come out here. Do you ever have to do that just because they're grumpy? Like that, they just don't want to oh, do. Oh yeah, it. we make it. Yeah, definitely. We, uh, it's their choice whether they want to participate. Because in a lot of instances, you can't make the animal do what you want. Yeah, so right. Even in the case of the sloth, it seems like well, they barely move. What are What are you going to do? <laughs> but the sloth can definitely say no. If the sloth doesn't want to do a show, the sloth doesn't have to do a show because they can hang super up high in the enclosure, and their like nails are just hooked around branches, so they have to actually physically let go and decide to come with you. So when I pick up wow. the sloth, I can sort of encourage the sloth to come over and like 
put their they sort of treat us like the tree so they like have to hang on us Mm -hmm. and i can encourage by moving the feet and the nails over toward me but if it doesn't want to hang on to me i'm not going to be able to say that it has to so yeah the sloth definitely could say no we could have a grumpy day for sure that's awesome how (laughs) dangerous are the sloth nails are they very dangerous no not the nails okay um, because they're blunt they're really long because they have to curve uh so the idea of the sloth nails is that they curve all the way around the branch and then the sloth can relax all their muscles and they're held in the tree just by the nail itself so they're super strong but not necessarily super sharp but sloths have really sharp teeth their incisors sharpen each other as they bite every time they rub against each other just a little bit so it's like filing them down to a a point so they have super sharp teeth but you would have to be moving really slowly or paying no attention (laughs) to get bit by one but as the animal handler as i was saying that they hang on us like we're a tree there's also nowhere you could go if that sloth wanted to bite you you're right there. Yeah, you're just so, yeah. Until it let goes, it's yeah. not going to let go. Right, right. All I can see is a sloth that, like opening his mouth and yeah, coming like, at you. Like, Dude. <laughs> you're like, no, get away. No, I can't move. Don't I am stuck in this quicksand. Me. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it so much. Uh, a couple other things I wanted to mention here. Um, people can get memberships to the zoo. Yes. And this helps out how? So if you have a membership to the zoo, you get, uh, well, you get in free, which is amazing. So your membership, depending on which one you get, pays for itself within like three visits to the nice. zoo. So if you're planning on going to the zoo three times in a year, it makes sense. You also will get members night, which is kind of some behind the scenes special stuff that happens Neat. once per year. And then you get discounts on all the other stuff that happens too. So uh, October, there's an event, uh, Zoo Booze and Bites, where you come in <laughs> costume and you get food and what? you get booze while what? you're there. That's so yeah, fun. Uh, that kind of thing you get discounts on all throughout the year. And there are some types of events where you might get first, first come, first serve membership gets first uh, go at tickets things like that so um, it's definitely worth checking out if you feel it, like you're going to come to the dude zoo. if I can get drunk around animals I'm there yeah it pays to help out uh, this thing because of what you guys are doing with the conservation of the animals uh, the, the, the fact that you get people a chance to who may never go out to oh, yeah. a safari or something to see animals yeah and I mean, even on that end, you with your with the the the, the sister group with uh, Northwest Trek, mm-hmm. it's and that was where you got your start. Yeah, where we talked about on the past one. You go back and listen to that podcast because the story is amazing about. Just day one, you're just... Moose you're... autopsy. <laughs> just that phrase. Uh, but it's just the fact that people can learn and be taught about yeah. the animals and all the and the world around them. And yeah. just so she, seeing how it goes from just, you know, we were talking about how with the salmon all the way up to the higher, you know, uh, yeah. chain and the, the food chain. Everything. And it's a fun way to do it, too. It doesn't feel cumbersome or restrictive like oh now i have to do this conservation thing it's like oh it's really fun to know about animals and you can expand starting from uh, well my one of my favorite examples is that when i started working i didn't really have a thing for reptiles but there was this tortoise that stole my heart jumbo jet and jumbo I, jet yeah jumbo jet okay yeah he's just a name radiant, alone. i know radiated tortoise and he's very charismatic and so i just fell in love with jumbo jet the radiated tortoise and from just that one tortoise then 
I kind of started having this affinity for other tortoises and like, oh, I kind of, <laughs> all right. you know, I, yeah. and they're an endangered species in Madagascar and they get poached a lot. And all of a sudden I care about this. And so I want to do a drinking for conservation Aww. for them. And so like That's it perfect. expands. And then I like other types of tortoises now too. And maybe I want to start doing more. And then I start worrying about, hey, what can I do to reduce the plastic that's out in the ocean? Because that's a... Yeah, you know, that's, that's a, a problem for sea turtles. And yeah. So anyway, you can really expand just from having one experience where you connect with an animal can grow into something that really makes a difference and is a big deal. That is that is so fantastic. Yeah, awesome. And you can see Suzanne maybe wandering maybe. around or performing yeah, at the Point Defiant Zoo and Aquarium. Uh, PDZA.org gets you all the information. They can get all of the stuff from the events calendars, how you get membership, the hours, how to get there, all yeah. of that fun stuff. Um, seriously, thank you so much for being on with Thanks us. Thanks for having me. We'll yeah, have super more, fun. Yeah, we'll have you back for more uh, coaster questions I at some point. Those. Okay, yes. great. That yes. is awesome. Uh, if people want to send us an email, maybe uh, send us coaster questions for some past guests, or uh, maybe you got someone in Tacoma that you know who would be awesome on our show. Info at gritcitypodcast.com. Uh, fi- find us there uh, at gritcitypodcast.com. All of our information, all of our social media. Uh, give us uh, a review and five stars on iTunes because. Because Woo-hoo. apparently that's a thing we it should is have. Thing. Yeah, we, we should have we people actually, do that. <clears throat> people have been doing it. No reviews, which oh. is fine with me. But um, the, <laughs> the five stars have been coming in pretty good. So Yay. appreciate um, that. Yeah. If you uh, give a good review, uh, maybe we'll read it. I don't know. I don't know if you want to talk smack to somebody in the review specifically, call someone out in <laughs> our oh. review. No, I don't we'll think that's it. a good idea. I think that would be kind of fun. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, 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 just thing. like a random person that you don't like on the road. You can just be like, this person here, their license plate number was blah, 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 and they sucked. I'll read it. Yeah, I would do that. That would be cool. But you have to do the five stars first. Mm. All right. Again, thank you guys so much for listening to us. GritCityPodcast.com, Patreon.com slash GritCityPodcast if you want to help support us, buy new equipment, and do fun things like the boot to boot where maybe we won't have Scott break his knee next time we do something along these lines. (laughs) No promises. No promises. (laughs) I mean, technically it didn't happen during the event, so uh, we're okay with that. We're doing another one of those. Oh, yeah, we are absolutely doing it. It was so much fun. Did you have fun? I had fun. Yes, it was fantastic. I love the scooters so much. (laughs) I'm going to Chicago this week, and... And oh. they've got lime scooters, too. All right. Scooter it up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun with these dumb things. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. People, send us pictures, too. Like, any sort of random weird things that you see, uh, you can send us to, like, Twitter, and we'll retweet them. Or oh, something no. Like oh, yeah. no. <laughs> not, not like, like of Tacoma. Like, oh, no. making fun so Instagram account or something. The- yeah, All the emails I'm going to go through. Photos. That it's going to have to sift idea. through. That was a bad idea. All right, guys. We're going to head out. Again, thank you so much to Suzanne for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. It was really cool. Thanks for having me. It was my pleasure. And uh, thank you guys, everyone, for listening. You've been listening to the Grid City Podcast. Check them out at gridcitypodcast.com. Yeah.